This week, you tell them I'm coming, and hell is coming with Tombstone. This is Body Counts and Beer. Welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosenthal. I am Texas Patrick Bromley. Whoo, I'm just John Rooney this time, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, uh, we are discussing the 1993 Western Fever Dream <laughs> Tombstone. Uh, please read from your card. I'm sorry. John what would you like on your tombstone? A pepperoni and sausage, please. Ew! Wrap it up, guys. We're not topping that zinger. I, in all honesty, though, Mark, you, you could have you could have punched that up a little bit. Your yeah. delivery uh, didn't set me for success. <laughs> oh, sorry. The card actually had as a direction to read it as uninflected as possible. Yeah. Just like this movie. <laughs> oh, this movie had plenty of inflection. <laughs> Just all at the wrong parts. <laughs> All over the place. Like, this, it says the screenplay is credited to Kevin Jar, but I'm pretty sure it's credited to Christopher Walken. <laughs> there is no punctuation. There it's is no structure. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the freeform jazz version of a western. <laughs> no, you move from witty one-liners to shooting... To love scenes, to witty one-liners, to shooting. To love scenes, to witty one-liners, to shooting. Just never has an inciting incident been an hour and a half into the movie. <laughs> it only incites the final montages. <laughs> never has a movie just wrapped up with montage ever again. And, like, I was so on board for the first, like, 20 minutes of this movie. I was so charmed and delighted by all the wacky performances and I kept waiting for the movie to start, but it was just introduction after introduction. <laughs> then there was some exposition. Then it was the next day, and they were talking at a saloon for a while. <laughs> then more people got introduced to characters we had already met. <laughs> well, they had to meet them. Well, that's it! We're done! (laughs) It's a little bit Shakespearean in that way that they constantly retell you what's happening. Yeah, in that way that that there was an actual goddamn Shakespeare soliloquy in this. (laughs) In that very vital scene where they go to the theater together. All right, we'll get there. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if we will, Mark. We will, believe me. (laughs) Uh, So, from uh, the director of Rambo First Blood Part 2, the writer of Rambo First Blood, Blood Part 2, yes. and the star of, sadly, not Rambo First Blood Part 2, but rather Escape from L.A. Woo-hoo! Uh, <laughs> comes... Oh, shit, you guys, Steve Buscemi was in this? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, you didn't see it? Everybody was. <laughs> Frank Stallone, <laughs> Thomas Hayden Church, <laughs> Terry O'Quinn, Michael Bean. Hey, real quick, what was Terry O'Quinn's character, and what was that character's relationship to anything in this movie? He was the mayor of Tombstone. Tombstone. I did not pick up on that. <laughs> no, the thinnest mustache guy, he's technically the one with the most power. Yeah, it's because when he introduced himself as the mayor, he did it without his face in focus in shadows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He literally walks in and goes, I'm the mayor of Tombstone. Great. <laughs> We're going to watch the St. Crispin's Day speech at the theater. Yeah. Goodbye. And that was it. And then later on when he showed up in full light, 
they were just like, oh, the mayor. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. 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 Well, yes, we uh, we've uh, I guess we should probably uh, discuss before anything the eight uh, hundred uh, pound gorilla in the room. We're no longer talking about Star Wars, guys. Oh. Yeah, I was deeply confused when this started with uh, not yellow text on a black background, <laughs> yeah. but rather archival footage of silent cowboy movies. Yeah, narrated by Robert Mitchell. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Doing his best Sam Elliott impression. <laughs> Which, Which is, is weird. Ridiculous. Because Sam Elliott is in this movie. You already had Sam Elliott. <laughs> is he wearing the exact same mustache he has in The Big Lebowski? Yes. You bet your bottom dollar he did. <laughs> or the exact same mustache he has in everything. <laughs> Just in life. Yeah. So, uh... Tombstone begins, as we said, with archival footage of old West Town stuff. People riding horses, uh, shooting, yeah. uh, lassoing, and uh, just general Westing around. Yeah, uh, and then and then we cut to the movie proper, uh, and we are uh, see a bunch of cowboys. They are introducing the archival footage. These are the first. Uh, organized crime gang in the United States. You can tell them by their big red sashes. Uh, and they uh, are advancing on a church in a Mexican town. And a Mexican wedding gets out and the bride and groom come out surrounded by police. And the cowboys come up and they're like, you killed two cowboys. And then there's a bunch of murdering. Yeah, a whole bunch of people get shot in a big gunfight. Interspersed with uh, extreme close-ups of Powers Booth <laughs> giggling away. <laughs> Powers Booth, the note he must have gotten was, just do Clancy Brown from Highlander. <laughs> just chuckle a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> I really am like a crazy laughing guy. Uh, and so, yeah, so the movie basically begins with a really great shootout, big action scene. And immediately we were sucked in. And I was led to believe that, yes, this movie would give us the goods. Although would... this first scene was definitely like a microcosm of the shitty structure of the rest of the movie. Because <laughs> they have about five seconds of a really cool shootout, followed by everybody sitting down to dinner and then talking <laughs> about Latin Bible verses. <laughs> and then every shot is either way too fast or lingers far too long. <laughs> There's no good middle ground in this opening sequence. Yeah, and then uh, this kind of introduces us to the bad guys of the Cowboys. You have Powers Booth, who plays Curly? Cur Curly Bill Brocious. Curly Bill Brocious, uh, whose signature trait is giggling. Yeah, uh, and, then, and having a pretty great mustache And himself, also having actually. a great mustache. The pecking order of any hierarchy in this movie, much like the uh, fucking the hats in that one Coen Brothers movie, where they're all switching hats. <laughs> oh yeah, that one. What was it called? The Great Hat Switcher? <laughs> it was the Hat Switcher. I believe. I thought it was just hats! <laughs> with an exclamation point at the end. <laughs> Much like this movie, this bit run out of steam, but it has to keep going. <laughs> uh, we also are introduced to Michael Bean's character, yeah. uh, Johnny Ringo. And we know he's the wild card because he <laughs> shoots a fucking priest <laughs> right in the face. Yeah, he does. And For... then translates the Bible verse that the priest was saying, yeah. which is, the priest gets maybe two or three words out before he gets shot. Michael Bean says the entire goddamn, yeah. like, Corinthian chapter. <laughs> There is no way. Like, I know that Spain, uh, like Spanish can be a very terse language. You can use uh, very few words to express a lot, but come on. 
Maybe he, he's just quoting the, uh, the the book in number. I mean, <laughs> he's just yelling, Revelation 19, This scene is building up to the scene where they have a very long Latin exchange yes. later. Oh, later. Yeah. We will get that without subtitles. Thank you, friends. Oh, boy. <laughs> As we move on and uh, we meet uh, Wyatt Earp. Yeah, we meet Wyatt Yeah, uh, he is introduced by his black cool shoes, shoes and black pants. Yeah, and black <laughs> jacket. Yeah. He's and just you, all in black. You linger all the way through that. And then he hits a guy who was hitting a horse. That's how all 90s movies introduce yeah. the heroes. There's right. a little bit of animal cruelty that he witnesses. He uh, sees a guy slapping a horse in the face with a piece of rope. He takes the piece of rope, smacks the guy in the face, and says, Hurts, donut. Which must have been the first recorded incident of the, hey, you want a Hertz donut? Right. But he <laughs> fucked up the setup. <laughs> also, it feels like he then just took that man's horse. Yes, he, <laughs> he absolutely stole that horse. <laughs> uh, and he uh, meets up with his brothers, Morg and Verge, uh, played uh, respectively by Bill Paxton and uh, Sam Elliott and Sam Elliott's mustache. Yeah. Um, and Always it, gets the credit by itself. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and they all have this meeting at like a train stop and he, and you know, it's like, oh, I'm Morgan Earp and this is my cute blonde wife. I'm Virgil Earp and this is my cute blonde wife. I'm Wyatt Earp and this is my cute blonde wife who immediately asks for love. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Because I think she read ahead in the script and realized where this garbage train was going. But for serious, her very first line is, Hey, everyone, meet my wife. I went to all the stores and no one had laudanum. Can you believe it? And we, we're the told, equal of Paris. This train station is not. <laughs> and that's the thing. So they're in Tombstone, uh, Arizona. Wyatt Earp has come there with his brothers and their significant others to uh, start a business. Uh, they're what got, that business is is never clearly defined. No, nope, I don't just, think they have a plan. I just, think just, just business there to start in general. A business. <laughs> just going into business. Well, a lot of their, a the, lot of their uh, plan seems to involve looking at themselves in the reflection of <laughs> store windows, yeah. saying what a cute picture they make. Yeah. They've got, I could, you just know they've got a bunch of business cards that just says like, wider business. <laughs> <laughs> Entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, in Tombstone, Arizona at the time uh, has had a silver boom. And so uh, they're getting like fresh uh, fashions from Paris, France. It's a, it's a, bustling, growing community. There's an oyster and fresh fish bar. (laughs) And they get fresh fish every day, but I don't know from where. There's no oceans in Arizona. (laughs) It's just like gross, like mud catfish. That's what they don't tell you. Scorpions. Crawdaddies. (laughs) Uh, And so then we uh, we get a nice little uh, tour of the town and people walking around. Uh, Wyatt Earp uh, is met by a beeman? Yeah, Behan. 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 County Behan. Sheriff Behan. County Sheriff Behan, who is also the tax collector and also the, the largest local landowner and the uh, He is the, the chair of the, the bipartisan nonpartisan. 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 He'll take anybody. This <laughs> guy is not divisive. The nonpartisan anti Chinese League. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it sounds bad when you say it out loud, you guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Tombstone, Arizona, uh, bustling silver town, super racist. It's great. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, 19th century America. Yeah. So they, or 20th uh, century America. Erp, I refuse or to learn numbers. Or 21st century America. <laughs> and uh, Wyatt Earp, uh, when they're in Tombstone... Oh, they're not in Tombstone yet. He meets his brothers... Uh, in Tucson. Then, in Tucson. That's right. Then, they after go to that... Tombstone. Yeah, but in between those... We meet Doc Holliday, yeah. as played by Val Kilmer, who is playing Tennessee Williams' as Doc Holliday. <laughs> <laughs> Just the dandiest Southern gentleman that's ever lived. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, he's playing a card game with uh, Frank Stallone. With Frank Stallone. Yep. <laughs> uh, whom I did not recognize because he was not singing contemporary pop songs. Yeah. <laughs> and he was also covered over in a halfway decent mustache of his own. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they're playing a card game. I didn't and know the Stallones were capable of facial hair. No, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to cut you off there. I will not have you impugn the facial hair of the Stallones, I've sir. I've never actually seen Sylvester Stallone with facial hair of any kind that I can remember. I feel like in Cliffhanger after... No, he didn't. I saw a clip Guys, guys, guys. Oh, do you think Rocky he has like... Rocky a... Four, you idiots. He grows a beard when he's training in the Arctic. Oh, oh that's right. right. Yeah. Oh, And he like runs around helping the peasants and pushing the ox carts in the snow. Lifting logs. Guys, why didn't we watch Rocky? (laughs) (laughs) So Doc Holliday's playing a little card game. uh, And you can tell there's a little something wrong with him. He's a little pale. He's sweaty. His his eyes are a little red. His nose is a little runny. Guys, that's just Val Kilmer. He can't help it. (laughs) Uh, and he, um, uh, he, he wins a hand of poker, and the guy who is, Frank Stone's like, you cheated, man! And then Val Kilmer said, well, we're never gonna be friends, and Frank Stallone cannot deal with that! (laughs) He says, sir, you are charming and affable, and you will be my friend! Yeah! (laughs) And in the argument, Val Kilmer stabs him with a knife. (laughs) Yeah! Which, so, here's the thing that I don't understand. Clearly, Val Kilmer, as Doc Holliday, is winding up Frank Stallone to get him to the point of violence so that he can stab him in self-defense. But the thing is, he already won the hand of poker. Frank Stallone even said, take your money and get out. He was in no immediate danger whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, but he's got to get to the point where he's killed a guy or stabbed a guy and has all the guns out. So Why? Or he can't get it up later that night? Because he has to loot all of the other tables. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, after he stabs Frank Stallone in the fucking lungs, yeah. he goes to his... every other table, just slides everything off of it into his bag. Yes. He and his uh, Hungarian paramour yeah. uh, go about and to steal all the money. Not just from the table he was playing that, all of the money in the casino. Yeah. <laughs> and they just walk off with it. Yeah. Nobody stops them. <laughs> There's no law in whatever bumfuck Arizona are. town yeah. he's in. I assume Phoenix. Yeah, <laughs> it's gotta be Phoenix. <laughs> Gotta be. So we make our way to Tombstone, and Wyatt Earp and brothers are in town. B-Ham is showing them around, and there's one particular uh, saloon that looks very, very nice. However, unfortunately, uh, nobody goes there anymore. What's going on in there? Turns out they got a bad case of the Billy Bobs. That's right. (laughs) Fucking sling blade all over that place. They got a Billy Bob infestation, and the exterminator (laughs) won't be around for another month. (laughs) So Earp goes in there to see what's going on. He talks to the bartender, 
And he's like, where is everybody? And he's like, fat Billy Bob Thornton's yeah, over there. seriously. And There's about 40 no pounds more Billy Bob Thornton than you're going to get anywhere else. <laughs> That's just more of him to love, Patrick. Right. Well, it's it was like before he... Helpings. Yeah, it was before he drained all that blood to give to Angelina. Angelina. <laughs> so... Unless listen, someone else remembers that. I am still smarting from that breakup, you guys. They seemed beautiful together. Uh, yeah, Angelina yeah. Bob was my favorite celebrity portmanteau. <laughs> Bob Jolina. Bob Jelena. <laughs> so, uh, Wyatt Earp uh, approaches Billy Bob Thornton, who's running this crooked game of a game called Pharaoh? Pharaoh. A game I've never I'm heard not of. familiar it with. It seems to of. involve having a king when you flip over a card. Yeah. Near as I can tell, it is a game of I put money down. High card, I guess you win, and that's it. I think that's what it is, actually. Uh, but, and it's so. Like betting on a single hand of war. Yeah, exactly. It's like Baccarat. It's another game I just don't understand. <laughs> oh, Burt Baccarat, he's charming. Yeah, he's he plays the piano, good. he does show tunes. Yeah. That's true. Look him That's up true. on Spotify. You know what this movie needs right now? Love, sweet love. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent Burt Baccarat reference, Mark. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> so anyways. <laughs> the island of too many Marks. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Wyatt Earp... Um, <laughs> Basically, proceeds to smack the <laughs> shit out of Billy Bob Thornton until yeah. he bleeds out of his mouth. And then he takes him by the ear and throws him out saloon doors and tell him not to ever come back. Like, was, a three, was, like a three-year-old who talks too much in class yanks him the out. The problem with this movie is they actually did everything they needed to do in the first 20 minutes. Right, it was at this point that this movie got a standing ovation from all of our hearts. <laughs> yes, yeah. Never had I been so enchanted by a film before, like only what? to be so brutally let down from the rest of the movie. <laughs> One hit man open handing smacking another man in the face. I mean, he hits Billy Bob Thornton three times in the face, and the look of just like sadness and shame, and like his lips quivering, and he's like, Snake, stop it, Snake, please go. Although this does have hands down the best line in the movie where uh, Billy Bob is looking at his gun holster, and Kurt Russell says, Yeah. Why don't you unskin your smoke skin wagon? Skin that smoke wagon and get to work. Unskin that smoke wagon. Which is the name yeah. of my porno. Yeah. <laughs> it's a parody of Paint Your Wagon from the Clean Eastwood movie. They just paint the wagon with their penises. <laughs> yeah. It's for a very specific, a very specific niche audience. <laughs> Weirdos need porn too, John. I guess you're right. Uh, by the way, I'm sorry all of you people out there who uh, like painting things with your penis. I didn't mean to call you weirdos. You do you. Right. You're an important part of Mark's niche audience. Yeah. And he's not demeaning you. Nope. You're... I'll tell you what, though. That wagon looked pretty good at the end of that movie. Yeah. They did a great job. Definitely. No streaks, no nothing. They did a great job. <laughs> a little, little clumpy, a little crusty. Yeah, I mean... It looked like it looked like potato painting, but it was all right. <laughs> Look, it gave it character. All right, you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it had texture. <laughs> so hey, you know what doesn't have texture? The rest of this fucking movie. <laughs> it's so the rest of this movie is a monotone guy telling you a story that goes nowhere. Yeah, so like Billy Bob Thornton gets run off. He shows up. 
He shows up with a shotgun to come shoot Wyatt Earp. All of a sudden, Doc Holliday's in Tombstone. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to say something drunk and witty. And then they just take his gun from him. And then this is the scene of like 800 people recognizing Wyatt Earp. Yeah, 800 Jesus people. Christ, easy. it goes on yeah, and on yeah. of Wyatt Earp being recognized, being introduced to someone, yeah. and someone introducing themselves to Wyatt Earp. Yeah. Like, it's very obvious that, that the, the guy who wrote this movie and the director uh, had seen Escape from New York. Where every time Snake Plissken shows up, someone's like, oh, you're Snake Plissken, right? I thought you'd be taller or whatever. Like, everyone yeah, recognizes yeah. Snake. Right. So whenever Wyatt Earp, this whole scene is all of those scenes in one. Because <laughs> they're just standing in the middle of town, and then Doc's like, Wyatt Earp. And he's like, hey, Doc, what's going on? And then Billy Bob's like, Wyatt Earp? And then two, <laughs> two random guys get in a fight inside of a bar, come outside, shoot one dude, and go, why? <laughs> and hey. it turns out they're all best friends. And it's and it's all one scene. <laughs> it's one scene. It's two minutes of screen time in the whole town. It's just like, hey, that's fucking wide open. You see that guy? He so, saw those uh, dime store novels. Yeah. I see so his face all the time. This is, uh, you know, a, a Western, and it adheres very strictly to the formula, which means you know what happens next. That's right. They all go out to the theater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And they uh, take in a vaudeville show. Yeah. Now, mind you, this is after, uh, of course, Wyatt Earp. Uh, after he beats up Billy Bob, he does get a job as the new Pharaoh dealer. Yeah. Uh, and in his first night of work, he earns, like, the like a bunch of money and the deeds to, like, eight parcels of land. Yeah. yeah. Like, Some guy bets deeds and loses. In one night, he ruins, like, eight dudes' lives forever. <laughs> 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 and then they go, yeah, they celebrate by going to the theater. Well, don't and the we whole all. the whole cowboy gang is there too. Uh, and they love first, theater. Well, at first they're causing a ruckus, shooting their guns in the air, yeah. uh, admonishing a juggler. Yeah, yeah. The like first, you do. The well, first they hate that guy because they saw him already in Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I love, they, they succinctly sum up what is shitty about jugglers, which is, <laughs> I've seen this guy before, he catches stuff. <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah, when you get right down to it, that's yep. all the jugglers really Pretty do. Pretty much man. just catching and tossing. Which is no big deal, because you threw that thing to begin with, you idiot. Right, yeah, it's like <laughs> you, you didn't even know where it was going. Right, it's like, <laughs> you could have just... Held on to him the whole time <laughs> and not dealt with it. It would have yeah. got you the same place. It would have been. You put yourself in this pickle yourself. Guys, I think we just ruined the career of every juggler on earth. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, no. all 12 of you. I think life ruined their careers. <laughs> <laughs> They're the minds never, of the cowboy times. Never have I been at a party and someone said, Ooh, guys, give me some crumpled up napkins. I'll juggle for you. And I've never been excited to see that. Hey, man, I'll take a juggler over a juggalo any Day. No! That's, no! No! That is where you and I differ, sir. How dare you, Patrick? You just opened the riddle box, sir. <laughs> the last Joker was God the whole time. The great Malenko's coming for you, buddy. He's gonna take your soul. And then Jake and Jack Chuck are gonna throw it back and forth. They're gonna put you on the tunnel of love right to the carnival of carnage. <laughs> oh, yeah! And then bang, boom, pow, you're gonna go to Shangri-La where the wraith is gonna meet you and you're gonna die. Did I just name almost every single ICP album I know? No, because I forgot Beverly Kills 50187. <laughs> You're welcome! <laughs> what the fuck is that orange soda they drink a whole bunch of? It's not orange soda. They drink root beer. It's called Fago. Fago, <laughs> that's right. 
How dare you? <laughs> Orange soda. Oh, guys, I think we all just got fired. <laughs> Especially Mark. <laughs> for listening to all those ICP albums. So the juggler starts juggling. His little juggling pin gets shot out the, the way. Then uh, Mr. Dorian comes out, yeah, played Billy by the, Zane. the very pretty Billy Zane. Oh, he's so pretty. Uh, this is back when he had hair, too. Like, That's, full hair. Man, not necessarily his hair. Uh, that's true. It could be just a wig. Yeah. Uh, but he uh, it looks uh, wiggy. Nah, he won it off a poker game, you guys. Yeah. In but any anyways, case, he's got on great mascara. Right. And, and a fantastic is, cape. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing good. This is a second Western uh, Western of the, the 90s, as he was also in Back to the Future Part 3, yeah. uh, as part of Mad Dog Tannen's crew. Um, mm-hmm. And so... Uh, Billy Zane comes out and he introduces that he's going to do the St. Crispin's Day speech from yeah. some Henry, Shakespeare. Henry the Fifth. Right? Henry the Eighth. I and am, everyone I am. seems Everyone <laughs> seems real not into it. Everyone seems real rowdy. But he belts out the first couple lines and, who boy, touches the heartstrings of the yeah. cowboy Well, gang. they shoot the column behind him and he keeps going. And so they're like, well, all right. If we can shoot at him and he's going to monologue at us anyway, we don't know how to stop him. Curly's into it. Yeah. Powers Uh, Booth is a connoisseur. Yeah. He digs it. Then they leave and then there's this weird like uh, pantomime Faust thing. Yeah, there's a Faust Faust ballet, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of the the nerdy member of the cowboy gang says, no, this is where he sells his soul to the devil. That's right, because then Powers Booth is like, I don't know what I'd do. I'd take make the deal and then I fuck the devil in the ass what about you Johnny Ringo what would you do and Johnny Ringo's response is I already done it Yeah. and Powers Booth gets a look on his face like dude I was trying to connect with you I thought we were friends <laughs> nah the deal is though Johnny Ringo I take a personal interest in all of the lives of my gang members <laughs> <Yeah>. I was <laughs> reaching out to you and you slapped it away and all of all of Johnny Ringo's lines are not directed to his scene partner they're all directed they're all out directed yeah. into, the, yeah. into the, just yeah. the ether Johnny Ringo speaks explicitly to the void yeah. <laughs> That, to be fair, but he's probably talking to the ancient unspeakable ones. Yeah, of course. Sure. Yeah. Of course he's sure. got. There's probably a Shoggoth out there who's like, tell me more, Johnny Ringo. <laughs> and I mean, ultimately, he is just biding his time until he finds Sarah Connor. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... A bunch of stuff happens. Um, uh, well, the theater scene is finally completed. <laughs> yeah. Right, and uh, Wyatt and crew, uh, they catch the eye of a, a, a little actress uh, in town uh, named Josephine, played by Dana Delaney, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Wyatt Earp is making eyes at her. Yeah. And then for the... he, no, I shouldn't even say making eyes at her. He sees her and is like, that's a pretty lady. And then the rest of the movie is people saying, hey, Wyatt. You gonna bang her? Yeah. You Including th- you the very next scene where they all go to the saloon to, I guess, celebrate a successful night at the theater together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, the first Guys, time... nobody died at the theater. <laughs> Drinks on me. <laughs> and yeah, Doc Holliday says like, "Hey, you look at that pretty lady." And uh, Wyatt Earp is just, "Yeah, well, you know that she may be pretty, but I'm a married man. Um, I'm an oak. I'm steady. I can change." And he's like, "Well, all right." And end of scene. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
Well, no, she comes and tries to dance with him, and he turns her down. And then end of scene. Sure. Yeah, and then she ends up shacking up with Beham. Yeah, the grossest, crappiest, mustached guy with the shittiest oh, hat in the whole of Tombstone. Although the absolute finest scene is coming up later on in this saloon sequence where Johnny Ringo's uh, gunslinging skills are yeah. impugned by one drunk Doc Holliday. Yeah. yeah. And yes. then we get a nice little interchange that has no subtitles, all in Latin. Yeah, so <laughs> the only reason I know they say rest in peace is because I've played a bunch of Assassin's Creed too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Johnny Ringo uh, approaches the t- uh, and Powers Booth, uh, who fucking Curly... Curly Powers. Bell Broches. Powers Curly. <laughs> Curly Powers. So co- Powers Curly and Johnny Ringo show up to uh, the Pharaoh table, and they're all just hanging out, and he's like, oh, ooh, d- uh, Doc Holliday, ooh, you know, you're such a fucking guy. And they start trying to cause some shit. We get a little pan down, you see that... Uh, Wyatt Earp's got a sawed-off shotgun underneath the table, like, hooked to the table. Yeah. Doc Holliday goes to his go-to get-someone-riled by saying, we're never gonna be friends. Yeah. And immediately... People can't bear that. <laughs> Johnny Mostly Ringo. because he's so good in it. You're like, oh, man, I love to be friends with that guy. I need a rakish rogue. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a soul patch and everything. <laughs> and Johnny Ringo. Teach me your tuberculosis-ridden ways. <laughs> And Johnny Ringo's not having it, so he pulls out his gun and does a bunch of sweet gun handling, <coughs> spinning the barrel around, yeah. switching hands, doing all his crazy. And, and, and there's no bullshit in that. Nice work, Michael Bean. Yeah, it's really well done. Nice. Uh, it's the it's the first action scene in 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody's just like, "Ooh, Johnny Ringo, golf club, golf club, golf club." Uh, and then Doc Holliday, not to be outdone, stands up. And proceeds to give everyone else a show with his whiskey tin. Yeah. He's got a whiskey tin with a little handle on it, and he twirls it around, mimicking the very self-same gun tricks. Also, can I please have a little metal whiskey tin (laughs) that is about a shot-sized with a handle? Here's the thing that I've noticed, though. Anytime... uh, Doc Holliday... devolved. Doc Holliday is able to uh, rupture small tears in the space-time continuum because he reaches behind the bar in any scene he's in and pulls out a fully like poured <laughs> whiskey drink from a variety of different containers yeah. that had to have been I guess just waiting for him no yeah he stashes them around as soon as he comes into I the I like town. to think that he's actually just a real sad lonely guy and he goes to the bar hours beforehand and says like look barkeep I'll slip you an extra 50 if you do this for me <laughs> hide shots hide them here <laughs> hide them there <laughs> I gotta look cool in front of my friends. I'll pay for the drinks, I promise. Yeah. Just like, I can't be seen ordering a drink. No. It emasculates me. I just need to be able to pull drinks from the ether. Yeah. <laughs> It'll ruin my mystique yeah. if I have to open a tab. That's why Johnny Ringo's talking to the void all the time. He's trying to get that power. Where he yeah. Pull drinks out of the nether. So then, uh, after this little tavern scene, again, the movie just kind of goes, there's this weird scene. <laughs> well, there's just like, there's this weird scene where, like, Wyatt Earp goes for a horseback ride and runs into the actress, and she's yeah. like, oh, I'm glad we ran into each he other. He smells her mame, not a euphemism. Her mare. Or, yeah, her mare. Says, that mare's in heat, again, not a euphemism. Nope. And she says, well, we better get these horses to run it off, again, not, not a, a euphemism. euphemism. Yeah. And then they just go for a fucking horse jog. Yeah, and then the next thing they we go see to the end is... of a, They go to the edge of a cliff, and they're like, well, I guess that's the end of our delightful horse race. And she says... 
Well, maybe if you're a coward and yeah. just runs down the edge of the cliff. Because she has a Skyrim horse. <laughs> <laughs> she is the dragonborn. Yeah. She has unlocked the runes of her voice. Right. She has been to the throat of the world. Yeah. <laughs> then she joined the Bard's College and now she travels the West. Bard's College! <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Even the bards don't want to go to Bards College. I uh I didn't get into Bards College. <laughs> you know what? You were too good for them. Like, they fucked up, Mark. It was their mistake. I'd spoken like somebody else who didn't go to Bards College. I don't want to talk about it! <laughs> I had a song in my heart, but they couldn't hear it. Whatever. All I, I could afford was Rogues Community College. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my knee-high stockings and poofy pants. <laughs> Way to rub it in. Yeah, I've even got one of those oversized berets with a feather. <laughs> <laughs> Truly he was the red mage of our group. Are you sure? I think he just described himself as Jack Nicholson from Batman 89. <laughs> oh no. no We're getting that to one scene. <laughs> We're getting to that later in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so The Joker uh, Pistol. After their little horse ride, they have a they have a, a, picnic, a picnic, but yeah. they're not. There's no food. It's just a blanket on top of a bunch of flowers. Oh, where they talk. I think we know what they're probably gobbling. Dick. Cox. <laughs> oh, there it is. I was going to say is. warm desert air, but no, no. not me. <laughs> so yeah, well, what's great is they found the one lily field in all of the desert. <laughs> right. Very scenic. With oak trees for symbolism, I guess. Yeah, and and Wyatt Earp is just like. I want to have a family and kids. And she's like, loser, no you don't. I want to have sex in every city. <laughs> and then like, he's like, ooh, that sounds like a good idea. Right. Well, I did not think of this before. Better go home to my drug addict wife. <laughs> and he does. Yeah. He does. And she gets real upset about him being out all the time. And it, it's true. He is yeah. very cold to her. But yeah. you got to understand, the mayor was in heat. Yeah. <laughs> there was only so much a man can do. Mayors. Being in heat. So, uh, stuff happens. Um, <laughs> now, we say stuff happens to gloss over the boring parts of the movie. But you gotta understand, this movie revels in the boring parts yeah. of the movie. And glosses over all of the interesting stuff in either montages or after-the-fact voiceovers. Yeah. yeah, like, the next kind of interesting thing that happens is... Uh, Curly uh, goes and chases the dragon in yeah. an opium den. He hits He's the opium. Clearly not part of the nonpartisan anti-Chinese league <laughs> yeah. in town. Uh, he hits the opium den and then walks like stumbles out and he's like, "Oh, it was a great night." And then immediately goes wild-eyed and begins a like weird like sh- fucking opium fueled shooting <laughs> yeah. rampage. He just shoots Starts everything shooting around, shooting the moon. Yeah, shoots. Yeah, the moon. he's shooting, shooting at, at, at the people, moon. shooting at horses, shooting at windows. Now. The county sheriff and the town sheriff are all in Wyatt Earp's casino, and uh, the county sheriff says, like, well, this is a town matter. Yeah. You should send out the town sheriff. Wyatt Earp says, nah, we should just leave it alone. He'll yeah. sleep it off. Probably. Never mind the fact that we've heard him kill three people off <laughs> Yeah. It's like that classic, like, cartoon thing where, like, a gun goes off, and then you hear, like, broken glass, and then a cat go, meh! <laughs> except the cat is the scream of a woman. Yes, except the cat is the scream of a human being dying. Yeah. Needlessly, yes, of yeah. course, John. You know, like that typical old Looney Tunes gag yeah. they used to do. God, exactly. Tom and Jerry was weird before the haze code. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, eventually, the the old man uh, town sheriff goes out, yeah. and he's just like, "No, it's his birthday, and he's only one day from retirement, <laughs> and course. he's got his four hundred one k ready to go. So clearly, nothing bad's gonna happen. Yeah. His boat is waiting in the desert <laughs> <laughs> for all that sweet, sweet daily delivered fish Fresh money." <laughs> Uh, and he, uh, you know, he raises his gun to Curly, and he's like, "Come on, Curly, let's 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 let cooler heads prevail. Put your guns down, and let's get out of here." And Curly's like, "All right, man, cool." Totally I was cool. just funning. He yeah. was. He was, was just, just funning. Funning. Whenever I go funning, I just shoot the hell out of a bunch of store windows. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes to hand the guns to the sheriff. And I can't tell if he accidentally shoots it. Nah, he him. does it on purpose. Yeah, he like flips the gun over and then shoots it with his pinky and then shoots the guy right in the heart. And like steam pours out of his chest. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, it's Arizona where it's really cold. Um, <laughs> and he dies. And so Wyatt Earp runs out and immediately is, and he's like, all right, let's fucking get the body out of here and let's take care of business. Some of us, we said things we didn't mean. We <laughs> shot people we didn't want to. Let's just, let's talk about it in the morning. Later we'll have a judge. And then that's when minor justice happens. <laughs> yeah. Men so, wearing overalls and pickaxes run out into the street and demand 50, to hang him. Yeah, they just start yelling, timey, hang him, hang him. 50 old-timey prospectors will run out of yeah. nowhere. They've all got Yukon Cornelius beards. Yeah, <laughs> and every single one of them is just like, well, I see we got a hang of right now. Wyatt Earp says, now I know we all got the bloodlust, but we got to get a judge in here and do it right. There's law and order. It seems like the movie is setting up the central conflict to be like a courtroom procedural. Yeah. I'm down for it. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Cut to the next day. Well, it turns out the judge said there was no witness, so he threw the case out. Yeah. I guess this movie is going to continue to look for a through line. <laughs> <laughs> and it's at this point uh, that Verge and Morgue uh, decide that they're going to join up and become deputies. Yeah, well, Peter, Terry O'Quinn shows up and guilts everybody like somebody's mom about how they're making too much money while people are getting hurt. Right, and yeah. And then uh, Virgil tries to walk down the street and has to save a kid from a stampede only to return it to its beaten mother. <laughs> At right. which point he feels like maybe he ought to do something. Right. It is cliches upon cliches. Yeah. It's like that, like any Simpsons episode where they have to drive down a street to ironically named storefronts. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, rile the guilt up. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Morgan Verge, uh, I refuse to use their full names. Um, uh, they do too. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, here's the thing. Like, if you're named Virgil and someone's like, Verge, I'm like, all right, cool. But if your name is Morgan and everyone's like, hey, Morg. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sorry. That's just fucking really bad foreshadowing. Yeah, because yeah, Verge is like, oh, you're no, about no. to do something. You're like anticipating. Morg is where dead people go. We're getting to very obvious foreshadowing <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Where it turns into a goddamn universal monster movie yeah. for him. For a bit. scene. So, uh, Morgan Verge, uh, sign up, and the first thing they do is they put up a little piece of paper on the wall that says, you can keep your guns, and you can wear your guns, you just can't wear them in town. Yeah. And no every, town and, guns. And even, like, Wyatt Earp is like, the fuck are you doing? People are gonna go crazy. They're like, too bad! I'm the law! <laughs> yeah. That's my Bill Paxton impression. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Get on. Then uh, uh, Verge, who's Sam Elliott, is like, 
Too bad on the law. <laughs> you did that all right, but like one eye, you, you had both eyes open, and one needs to be squinting. Too bad I'm the law. That was totally on point. Great. Good work, guys. Good work. Uh, Way I was, to take a note. Thank you. Great I was just all poking my knees for some reason when I did these impressions. Yeah, I don't know why. because that's it's where important. the law lives, you guys. In your knees. Yeah. <laughs> this is not Ong Bak. <laughs> uh, so now that they've become uh, deputies, uh, Ike, played by Stephen Lang, who you might know as bad guy from Avatar, or even better, bad guy from The Hard Way. Um, <laughs> I want to grow up to be a piece of shit who just plays pieces of shit. Yeah, <laughs> get right. Money to be a piece of shit. Uh, and so uh, he uh, basically is like. Fuck you guys. You want to fucking fight? Let's go to the OK Corral. We'll fight there. Uh, and you're like, oh, great. No, it sounds like the OK Corral is like a spot that's outside of town, out in the no, middle of the desert. Man. No, it's like a block down. Yeah. yeah. It's part of the city. It's, it's a also, downtown parking deck. Right. <laughs> and your also, horses. Yeah, and let's... now let's, where you get a lot of horse gas. Right. Get now, your uh, horse oil changed. Now, let's remember that the, the, the events in this movie are nominally based on real-life events. Nominally. Yes. Very emphasis on nominally. Exactly. Uh, so, if you know anything about the Wild West and Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and all these guys, the, the gunfight at the OK Corral is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Right? This is, halfway through the movie, what should be the climax, and is instead a, like, two-minute kind of, like... Eh, we need an action beat. Yeah, it is the inciting incident to make motivation happen. Like, finally the characters have something to fucking yeah. do. Uh, the gunfight at the OK Corral yeah. happens. Uh, and so, Doc... Uh, you Wyatt, could be forgiven for missing it if you nodded off for a second. Yeah. Uh, they go well, in... Well, a lot of people get shot pretty good. Yes. There's the, this this shows up and they give, make sure to give Doc the, the shotgun. The street howitzer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. called... Ooh, is this where Wyatt Earp gets his signature peacekeeper? Yeah. No, it's after no. this. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, he's just going out of necessity to yeah, help. Yeah, right, right. And so Verge and Morg and Wyatt and Doc show up at the OK Corral, and then Ike's like, me, I don't mean. And they're like, me. And then they're like, <laughs> me. And then they fight. Yeah. And then there's guns, bullets flying, glasses exploding. And, and Lowell from Wings gets shot so many times. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty uh, satisfying. I don't know who's going to repair those airplanes in Nantucket. Tony that, Shaloub. He's the taxi driver. That, he can do both. No, it's the shitty guy that replaced Lowell with on that last season after yeah, Lowell left. That's right. To go be on Ned and Stacy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that great piece of television history. Sorry, it's just, if you listen closely, you can hear the uh, the gasp of recognition <laughs> from all of our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. That eventually led him, like, five years later to be in the movie Sideways. And then Spider-Man 3. God, you keep... <laughs> you need to pause to hear the size of recognition. I don't know who this person is. Thomas Aiden Church, dude. You know Lowell. exactly who it uh, no, is. I know who Lowell is. I don't know who replaces Lowell and Wings at the end of this season. Uh, I don't know. He's one of the Goonie guys that's in the McHale's Navy movie. Uh, so yeah. who cares? Yeah. Am I right? Don't I'm break, right. Don't I'm break right. that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's any Steven Weber. Yeah, exactly. Or Roy. As <laughs> far you Wings fans out there. <laughs> Whose name is Tim McHale? Roy Biggins. I don't care. He's Roy. 
Sorry, I thought for sure you were talking about Captain Roy, played by Kurt Russell. That's Captain Ron. <laughs> That's Captain Ron, asshole. Another great Kurt Russell oh, movie. Oh, shit, yeah. Captain, Captain Ron, asshole. Is that the sequel? <laughs> yeah. No, Captain Roy is the movie with uh, Liam Neeson where he plays the Irish guy. That can't be right. Yeah, Captain yeah, Rob Captain, Roy. Captain Rob Roy. <laughs> yeah. Think Tim Roth's in that movie. Yeah. As uh, that Mr. Rapist. Orange. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Orange, the rapist. So anyways. Just the worst business card. He's got to get better PR. <laughs> but you know, it's not bad because it's in Boston. It's in Bone. Ooh. <laughs> American Psycho. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so, okay, Corral. A bunch of people get shot. At one point, Ike is like, don't shoot me. I don't have a gun. And then Wyatt, in a, in a rare moment of mercy he says get out of here and throws him into the house with the mayor where he promptly steals the mayor's gun and then starts shooting back at everybody so verge gets shot in the leg more gets shot like kind of gets clipped on the side eventually uh the last man standing uh gets shot by doc holiday and by morgue yeah. right in the face right in the face and then morgue is very upset that he killed a man yeah he doesn't feel good about it no he's very upset yeah uh but it doesn't matter now because he's killed that guy, he don't come back from life. Yeah, nope. No, and now the <laughs> he's fucking dead. Despite the insane tonal shift that happens later in this movie, where you very much believe that they are going to start bringing characters back to life. <laughs> yes. So now, now at this point, the cowboys are very upset, and they are going to bring the fight to them. Yeah. And it's a dark, stormy night in Tombstone with all of the. There's Frankenstein lightning, there's yeah. the classic thunder. Uh, the women folk are playing tarot and yeah. seeing the future. And they pull out the death card, yeah. the devil the skeleton card. card. <laughs> all the bad cards. And you, I seriously thought for a moment, like, oh shit, this is going to turn into a zombie yeah. movie. Right, and at this point, like... And also, like, there are cowboys who are literally wandering around the town, moaning to themselves, yeah. slowly stumbling in the darkness. <laughs> now, at this point, the ladies are hiding out. Now, at this point, uh, Wyatt Earp has discovered his uh, wife's, like, 800 empty bottles of laudanum in her, in the, in his, seemingly his underwear drawer that she's hiding You really them. gotta throw your laudanum bottles away. Like, yeah. It's important. Like, he goes into his drawer, and he's like, oh, there it is. And she's yeah. like, well, now you know. And he's just like, well, it's good to hear you say it. This is where all us laudanum addicts are appreciative of the constant recycling bin out back. And not having to take <laughs> it out on a weekly schedule. And then she's basically that like... pile up. People yeah. know. And then she's like, well, I had to do something. You're never here. And then he's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell at you for being a drug addict. Let me give you a hug. And she's like, no. You go back, and you tell that whore actress that she's a whore and garbage. Will you tell her that? And he's like, uh, no, that seems a little hard. Probably not gonna do that, Laudomatic. So now the the three the three Erp wives are together hanging out, and who should just barge into their house but the actress? Yeah, and she's like, I know I shouldn't be here right now because you all hate me, but something's going down. And then we see the shadow of a cowboy pass. Through the light of the window and lit up by lightning. Uh, and Just then, muttering, brains, brains. Yeah. He then knocks on the door and... They actress, open it thinking it's Actress is like, no, don't! And the girl opens it and then 
He just like shoots into the house. Yeah, he just shoots two barrels of a shotgun into the house. Just it hits aiming. no one. Yeah, it yeah. It's just a, just to scare him. Yeah. So what it is is it's uh, it's the principle of Are you afraid of the dark? Where it's not scary, but if I were in that situation, I would be scared. Yeah, right. Sure. But as an objective outs- uh, observer on the outside, it's meh. It clearly, it, it's not as scary as the music seems to think it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so uh, we cut back to the the, taler- the the tavern, the saloon, where Erp uh, Wyatt and Erp Morg are hanging out. And then eating Verge, General Tso's. Eating, yeah, eating some Chinese food, feed it to the dog. Uh, they're also not part of the nonpartisan <laughs> anti-Chinese League. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so uh, Verge comes in, and they're like, what's the good deal, Verge? And he's like, brains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because what happens when the you get zombies shot? zombies bit him in the arm. When you get shot by a zombie gun, you, <laughs> you become, become a zombie, zombie. <laughs> gun. Uh, and then there's like this... Weird, like, surgery scene where they're like, yeah. well, his arm's not going to work no more. <laughs> and now it's Wyatt decides that this is the time that he needs to have a heart-to-heart with his brother about yeah. all the mistakes yeah. that he's made. Yep. Yeah, and they throw uh, him out of the house. <laughs> rightfully so, because yeah. he's about to have his goddamn arm operated on. It's clearly not the time. Oh, Why? if only we had some laudum to dull the pain. <laughs> <laughs> So he and Morg go back to the saloon. Yep. Uh, while they're at the saloon, <laughs> with such disdain. <laughs> yeah. Well, then like the Josephine, the actress, shows up, and then Wyatt's like, "You got to get out of here. I don't want to ever see you again. My life is hard enough as it is. I don't have time to look at your beautiful, delectable self. Get out of here. Go, go. Because you know he's just like he's doing that thing where like you're like, get out of here. He's doing the Harry and the Hendersons. Can't yeah. you see? We don't want you. Get out. Go. Yeah. <laughs> it's that scene in every movie where a kid's got to get rid of the like the weird like cryptozoological pet that he's kept. <laughs> Get out of here, Loch Ness Monster. I don't love you anymore. <laughs> Throws a rock at her. <laughs> We're not even friends. <laughs> and she runs off. Uh, and then he hears a gunshot and Morg has been murdered. To be fair, Morg, those things happen. Morg went right back to playing billiards. Yeah. Yeah. Morg goes right back to getting billiards. He gets shot in the back and dies on a pool table. And then uh, the actress runs out in the rain and he's like, get away from me! Holy shit. So this death scene is supposed to be the central motivation for Wyatt Earp going through the rest of this movie. Yeah. It is so silly and poorly staged. <laughs> and it's in slow motion, but I don't think it was shot in slow motion. <laughs> it was clearly shot in regular motion. And then, like, and then slow- they Slowed down. Slowed down with like by just moving the film slower, <laughs> and it's like really poorly done. Yeah, it's real weird. Uh, and uh, Morg uh, is dying and says like, "Hey, why? Remember when we were talking about death?" And I, I don't know why Morg is Bill Clinton. All of this. <laughs> I also don't know the answer to that. He's definitely Bill Paxton. I mean, I'll take Bill Pullman, but he's not Bill Clinton. <laughs> Remember when I said that when you die, you're supposed to see a white light? Yeah. Well, I don't see nothing. Anyway, God's disappointed with you. Bye. <laughs> No, no, it's not what he said. He, he looks dies. Like, he, he looks at him and he's like, "Why? This is our Independence Day." <laughs> <sighs> but here's the thing: so he does that thing where he dies with his eyes open, yeah. and it's supposed to be real startling. But he doesn't have the acting chops to sell it, <laughs> and he's clearly still breathing a whole bunch and moving around a little bit. 
and they refuse to do a second take. No, fuck that. Aww. Paxton can't stay still. No, nope, they're just moving on. We should point out that in between a lot of this stuff, we just do get frequent glimpses of Doc Holliday slowly dying of tuberculosis. Yeah. <laughs> or just delivering weird monologues to nobody <laughs> to in nobody the dark. in the dark. About milk or something? That, my milk friends, of paradise. we can thank the director's cut for Yeah, <laughs> the milk of paradise. Yeah, random. Uh, I, which, don't if you, I don't know if you knew this, the milk of paradise, 2%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh uh, that, that well, sense. okay. Yeah. The oh, next no. time that you take me down to Paradise City where the milk is 2%, <laughs> the girls are pretty. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Please take me home. Because <laughs> I don't want to be there. <laughs> any any strip club that serves milk is pretty gross. <laughs> it's a fucking, it's a, a themed bar on Clockwork Orange. <laughs> it's called uh, Warm and Skim. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, So at this point in the movie, Wyatt Earp has blood on his hands, literal blood. So he does the only sensible thing, wanders out into the torrential downpour with the hammer horror lightning in the background and just screams, No! (laughs) Yeah, it's reasonable. (laughs) And then starts touching his chest a whole lot. Yeah, no, and then he starts trying to wipe all the blood off on his very Oh, I thought he was feeling sexy. I mean, he could have been. I mean, it was was raining. It was raining. There's some, like, sexy lightning going on yeah, I get it I get it like if you could have put like careless whisper to that scene and you had been like oh yeah oh. no I was gonna say that yeah. if you listen real close you can hear him whisper the lyrics to man in the mirror <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so uh, it's at this point that Wyatt finally unleashes the peacemaker yeah his own law man gun which is uh, like half Pistol and half, half like yeah rifle. So yeah, it's the it's the big gun that uh, Joker takes out of his yeah. pants at the end of Batman '89. Very That's very similar. The length of a of a femur <laughs> and with a with a trigger. Yeah, with a trigger. But it's engraved. Yeah. That's right, as the peacemaker. Uh, <laughs> and so they uh, basically they got more. Uh, uh, on his way to the morgue, I guess. Oh! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they have a case in a casket. Yeah. And yeah. they're all going back east. Or yeah, wherever. they're all leaving. Yeah. And, like, on the way, they pass by the cowboys and they see Johnny Ringo and Curly, and he's like, Well, it's over, Curly. And Curly, and Curly <laughs> goes, Well, bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ringo says, you guys smell that? Smells like someone, someone died. died. And even Cur- and then Curly's like, Jesus, Ringo. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, even he, even, like, there's parts of the movie where Johnny Ringo says something really out of, like, place, and Curly's just like, what's wrong with you, <laughs> right? You think that Curly is the main antagonist of the movie, but no, he yeah. dies in, like, the next scene. Yeah, and right, it turns out soon. it was Ringo the whole, the whole time. time. Yeah. yeah. And so what happens is Johnny Ringo, like there's several scenes, there's one scene where Johnny Ringo does something shitty, and then Powers Booth is just like, God, I can't wait to see what happens when this guy takes over, you guys are fucked. (laughs) I'm worried about when he's running this show. And there was a weird fucking funeral scene for the cowboys that died at the shootout. Oh, because they had their weird, like, their New Orleans fucking, like, jazz parade. And their big garish makeup on the corpses. And a big banner that said, Murdered. Murdered in the street. Which, like, hey, maybe that happened, maybe it didn't, but, like, 
are you trying to make me feel sad for the cowboy gang? Yeah, for the <laughs> the bad guys of the movie who have spent the entire movie almost running over children and hey, avoiding right. minor justice. They have feelings too, John, <laughs> and those feelings are big old Creole New Orleans parade. Step left hard. Yeah, step right hard. <laughs> Throwing beads all over the place. <laughs> Everyone's walking around with like a hurricane in the glass. Yeah. Uh, For me, it's just not a very happy Fat Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Now we get into this... uh, uh, They they take their funeral procession uh, uh, morgue. uh, They're taking him back to the train station. When they get there, uh, the cowboy gang has been sent to sort of mop up the rest of the Earps. Yeah. Just before they can shoot Verge on the train... Wyatt Earp is behind him, and he's like, gotcha, suckers, and he shoots them both dead. <laughs> no, he only no, shoots, he shoots one, one of them dead. dead. Oh, he very right. pointedly shoots one of yeah, them dead. Yeah, and then he, uh, he cuts Ike's, Ike's face open with his stirrup, which yeah. is great. Yeah. That's true. And then tells well, him. Well, it's, yeah, it's been a long time since there was like any action. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, then he, he picks up a snow shovel and hits you over the face of it <laughs> to remind you that a line was said earlier in the movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah, he basically tells Ike to go back and tell the cowboys that Wyatt Earp is coming for him, and he's bringing yeah, hell, hell with on. him. And hell's coming with me. And hell's coming. And he says it yeah. like four times. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And uh, then, a couple of the cowboy gangs, for reasons unknown, ride up and say, like, we're tired of being cowboys. We're going to be with you, Wyatt Yeah, well, no, they gave reasons. It's they they were, shot they had, at a woman. Yeah, they had moral complications about the woman shooting. Sure, yeah. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's a thorny topic that we as a people really need to get together on. Right. Yeah. Now, mind you, these guys are still part of the nonpartisan anti-Chinese league. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're yeah. still monsters. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm assuming they are. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so they uh, join forces. That includes, like, uh, uh, Michael Rooker is one of them. Yeah, it's Turkey Creek and Texas Jack from the, the two guys who knew him from the earlier scene, plus Bat McMaster, who comes out yeah. of nowhere, more or less. And so they uh, go into... Fuck all these dumb names. Yeah, and so now it's an hour and 40 minutes... Doc Holiday, fuck you. Get a real name. What, like Jar Jar Binks? (laughs) Fuck you, buddy. It's a space Space name. name. (laughs) So at this point... You may not know this, but episode one was nominally based on true events. (laughs) Emphasis on nominally... That's why they had to include this, the story point about the trade taxation. <laughs> it's how it really happened, Patrick. That's that's their theater scene. Because <laughs> they were juggling uh, tax forms. <laughs> I guess, I don't or know. something. Uh, anyways, we're an hour and 40 minutes into the movie and it's time for our first montage. <laughs> and oh, it is geez. just a, a montage of swift death. And what I, but I'm, and, and it's, you know, Earp and his new gang running around shooting people. And by Earp and his new gang, I mean a bunch of stunt doubles because you don't see anyone's faces, just hands <laughs> shooting at cameras. Yeah, just shooting. There's just a lot of, it's a montage of gunshots with the occasional body bouncing off of something. Yeah, one dude does get, uh, uh, get hit like uh, fucking gun butted in the face. Yeah. Like breaks his face open and gets 
thrown off a horse. Yeah, it's he pretty blows good. a bunch of That's stuff. That's a good one. One guy's going to pick up his opium pipe only to find out that it's a pistol and gets shot in the face. Yeah, That's shot in the mouth. That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then the montage ends with uh, Earp basically killing everybody. And he, him and Doc Holliday, uh, Doc Holliday gets... Well, you're succumbs. glossing over, they kill Curly. Yeah, no. It, it, the, the montage bad guy. It, in the montage. It culminates, yeah. it culminates in this little like weird little river fight. Right. Where uh, they're pinned down and Wyatt Earp's like, well, I guess I don't have anything else to do so he blows his special power which <laughs> yeah. is where guns can't hit him for like 30 or 45 seconds yeah, uh, I believe so it's called just, plot armor yeah. right? so he, he activates his plot armor charges out into the river the way he activates it is just by saying no <laughs> no he doesn't even say it like in anguish it's yeah. like he's admonishing the movie for peeing on his carpet <laughs> yeah, right he's like how just, did I get pinned down not no, in the script no <laughs> no uh, no then he smacks no. the camera with a newspaper yeah, <laughs> and then he charges out on the river and shoots Curly Bill Broach is dead. Which I guess ends the fight because all the other cowboys are like like every uh, well, no, they, RPG they, like, boss fight. They're like, well, we gotta get out of here. Yeah, no, they despawned. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Earp kills like nine guys unassisted. It closes with, the monster yeah, closet. Yeah. With he kills a lot of guys with not that many bullets. Not it's pretty great. Bullets. Uh, and then there's a scene at the end of that. Uh, Doc has another tuberculosis attack and falls off his horse. Uh, and Doc's very sick and he can't get out of bed. At some point earlier, the doctor was like, you got two days to two years to live if you give up your vices. And then his wife's like, I think you should keep smoking. Let me give you a blowjob. And he was like, all right, I guess. <laughs> well, and he's like, two Not- days it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not for nothing. Like, I appreciate the, uh, the, the, you know, the intention of it. But she starts sensually stroking his kneecap? Yeah. Yeah. Well... Which is where the law lives. Sure, so I yeah. guess it makes sense. <laughs> and like, she keeps it's where you start it. You got to start <laughs> yeah. it, work your way up. And then, like, so it's it's really her fault that he gets such a justice boner for <laughs> yeah, the rest right? of the movie. Yeah, yeah. and she and every starts in the knees. And every scene they have from there on out, she's like, "Why do you have to help him?" And Doc's just like, "Why? It's my friend." Yeah. yeah, friendship is important, Doc Holliday. Right, he's Wyatt Earp is the only person who's uh, who Doc Holliday does not threaten their friendship at any point. Yeah. At no point does Doc Holliday <laughs> say, "You and me, Earp, we're not friends." Everyone else that who wants to get close to, to Doc, he's just like, you know what? I don't think you want to be my friend. <laughs> and they're like, no, I want to be your friend. And later in the movie, he says. You know, like, why is Wyatt Earp's friendship so much to you? Because he's the only friend I've got. Because you keep telling people to (laughs) their face that you're not going to be their friend. And then when they get upset... You've got to open yourself up to be vulnerable to make this (laughs) work. And then when they get upset because they want to be your friend, you fucking stab them! (laughs) (laughs) You put a knife in their gut. You could have been friends with Frank Stallone. (laughs) So, um, so, so they've got this, to take him somewhere because he's sick. So yeah, they, they go, take him to Charleston. Yeah, fucking ranch. Moses himself has a ranch. Not only does he have his own ranch, but he brought along his own separate director. His own for separate scenes. director. Yes. It's uncredited, but yes, there's a, they're directed by some other guy. He has a total of maybe four lines. Yeah. And none of them are consequential. It's basically, <laughs> it's basically just like, you can stay... For the night. Boy, that guy looks sick. I guess you can stay until he gets better. These folks, boss actor died. Yeah. <laughs> boss actor is also what I aspire to in my <laughs> Patrick Bromley boss actor. 
That I would like. Now that's a business card. Yeah. Master Thespian, fuck that shit. Boss actor. <laughs> so, uh, uh, at this point, the um, there's a weird scene where like the actress lady's in a stagecoach, and it just like show like the stagecoach is stopped, and it pans in. You see her face, and she's grieving. And then it pans down a little bit. And you see that Mr. Dorian, the beautiful Billy Zane, has been killed. <laughs> Killed by the Cowboys! Yeah, and uh, Nerdy McNerdenheimer finally realizes that the Cowboys have gone too far yeah. this time. So he leaves. He leaves, and then everyone else is like, who did this? And they're like, oh, it's probably that guy. And they're like, all right. And so they come across uh, Michael Rooker, and they're like, we want you to join the gang. And he's like, no, fuck you. And they're like, all right, well, how are you going to get back to camp? And he gets back to camp uh, by being dragged uh, behind, behind a, horse. a horse after having his face blown off by a yeah. shotgun. So then we get the classic Johnny Ringo has challenged Wyatt Earp to a one-on-one duel under the oak trees at 7 o'clock sharp <laughs> in the West. But oh no. Oh God, never in my life have I wanted to know the words to East End Girls so badly than <laughs> right now. Uh, but more to the point. Uh, so... Doc Holliday has himself another uh, attack of the tuberculosis. Yeah, yeah. Wyatt's like, oh man, can I beat him? And Doc's like, no, you're going to lose and die. And Wyatt's like, why is it going to go anyway or something? Doc says, hey, what's it like to wear one of those, which I thought he meant, I don't know, hat, vest, no. pants, he meant shoes, deputy underwear. badge. Yep. And he gives the badge to Doc. In a way that, like, uh, pilots used to give out little plastic wings to children that they yeah, liked, I guess. Right. Uh, see, I thought it was more like, I'm giving this to you because I'm pretty sure you'll be dead in 15 minutes, then yeah. I can take it back. Right. Yeah. This is to offer you peace for now. Yeah. Or I'll be dead in 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. Or maybe he's doing that, like, thing that Wolverine does at the end of X-Men 1 where he gives him his dog tags and is just like, I'll be back for that. Yeah. yeah. The keep, Like, keep this safe for me, kid. Yeah. Anyway, we don't know his motivations because he doesn't say a goddamn thing about them. He's a strong, silent type. He takes the scenic route to the Oak Grove because Doc Holliday beats him there despite being in fits of tuberculosis. Well, because he was faking it. He wasn't as sick as as he put on. It was all his elaborate Joker-esque scene. Yeah. To get his badge, I guess. And he, uh, he duels Johnny Ringo after saying a bunch of, like, weird, like... And, like the lines that he has in the scene he has two lines during the fight which is I'm your huckleberry and you ain't no daisy yeah. you ain't no daisy the, it, it means they mean absolutely nothing <laughs> there's no context it's the ravings of a man who is racked with fever and sick and like uh, the, apparently those are the only sounds that is tuberculin ridden lungs can yeah. allow him to make but he is, shoots you're my huckleberry <laughs> but he shoots him in the head and again the movie turns into a hammer horror movie yeah. because it does not kill him. <laughs> he is just lunging like a goddamn zombie. Yeah, yeah and, and, and while well, Doc Holliday goes, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> He's trying to keep him up. Like, this is a crucial moment of turning and right. undead. He's trying to keep him like a golem. <laughs> but now Johnny Ringo dies. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. Doc Holliday's a terrible cleric. Yeah. Uh, never learned... Uh, he shot him dead. with his regular gun and not his zombie gun. Yeah, it was a bum- Yeah, you gotta remember now, which is which. Now that we've got 100% of the main antagonists are dead, 
So the movie's got to be over, right? Wrong! No. Montage 2! God yeah. damn it! There's other, like, side characters that need to be montaged to death. Yeah, and then there is literally just a, like, brief, like, couple-minute montage of them, like, murdering people. Yeah. Uh, stunt guys murdering people. Yeah, and a lot of a lot more just, like, random soundstage shooting. Yeah, and then it all of a sudden cuts to a hospital. Yeah, the Glenview uh, uh, no, Sanatorium. A sanatorium. It's a sanatorium. <laughs> oh, that's one of those places where they probably fucking invented cornflakes or something. Yeah, <laughs> likely story. So, uh, Wyatt Earp visits Doc Holliday, who's on his uh, deathbed. Yeah. And he gives him, like, a little book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that says... I think uh, it's supposed to just be, like, a card. No, no, he gives him a book, which, because it's the famous book that Wyatt Earp wrote, My Friend Doc, Doc Holliday. Yeah. By Wyatt Earp, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but first he wants to play cards with him. That's apparently what they've been doing. To which Doc Holliday says, no, I'm too dying to You're play cards with you. Yeah. Get out of here. And then he leaves and Doc Holliday looks at his feet and chuckles a bunch. And then it's at this point we confirm that Val Kilmer's in a different movie. <laughs> right. Val because... Kilmer's just like, his footage is showing up in this movie, but he made some other movie. Yes. It's, it's like they bought the film stock secondhand. <laughs> yeah, right. And it, it had all this weird Val Kilmer. Like, Guys, I got so much crazy Val Kilmer cowboy footage. We gotta, like, build something on this. <laughs> Everyone... Yeah, just draw in uh, fucking Kurt Russell to some of those scenes. <laughs> like fucking Roger Rabbit. Yeah. And we got ourselves a movie. Golden. Yeah, so, uh, <clears throat> fucking... Uh, Val Kilmer, Doc Holliday's last lines are he looks at his toes and he goes, <laughs> Well, ain't that funny? And then dies. <laughs> Is he dies. It? What's the joke? It's like it's paying off a B plot that never happened. Yeah. And then Kurt Russell goes to some place where it's snowing. I think it's Denver. And he goes and he meets the actress and they dance. In yeah, the snow. she's starring in the HMS Pinafore. Yeah, great musical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, he obviously became a big fan of theater. He yeah. paid an extra $5 to get the lyrics sheet so he could sing along in the front row. And the backstage pass. Yeah. yeah, and then he paid the extra $50 to just take the actress before the show starts <laughs> and leave. Now, yeah. this is a fucking maddening conversation where he says, Well, I'm not a lawman anymore. I just want to do that thing where we go from town to town and have room service, I guess. But I don't know how we're going to make any money because I don't have any, despite the fact that you currently have a very good paying job. That also covers your travel expenses from and town to like, town. And she's like, "Don't worry, I'm a trust fund kid." Right, which is like double plus what? <laughs> she literally says, "You already had a high paying job. That was all the explanation anyone needed." But she literally says, "Don't worry about it. My family's rich." Yeah. And then he's like, "Okay, well, and hot diggity dog. And, That's good enough for me." And they go outside, and he throws his hat. 80 feet in the air. <laughs> yeah, no, that and, hat's gone. Yeah, and then they dance. In the and then the And then... Robert Mitchum yeah. shows up to clean oh, up all of your unanswered this, questions. This is where the movie got me back in a big bad way. So, I love this ending. So let me see if I can approximate how this ends here. Robert Mitchum comes back, and he's like... He goes... Wyatt Earp uh, did yep. this. Oh no! It's, Ike uh, Clanton yeah. died two years later. Ike Clanton robbery. Two years later during a during a robbery. 
Vir- Maddie, Maddie, oh yeah, Virgil. Maddie dies yeah, of a drug Maddie overdose. Maddie of a drug overdose. <laughs> Virgil, despite only having one arm, uh, becomes the sheriff somewhere in Los Angeles. Angles. Wyatt Earp and Josephine went around and had a bunch of adventures. Oh, yeah. And eventually he died in 1929 in Los Angeles, where two of his pallbearers were famous silent movie cowboy actors, including Tom Mix. Who wept? Because he's a bitch. <laughs> Credits. The last line of the movie is Tom Mix lit, wept. And that's it. And then it just stops. And then credits roll out over over the footage of the fucking the Earp Boys and Doc Holiday walking usual, down the street. Yeah, usual sp- suspects in uh, reservoir doxing, <laughs> reservoir doxing up to the camera. Yeah, usual suspecting is where you fart a whole bunch. And yeah, you're funny in a lineup. It's, it's where you yeah stand in the lineup and someone goes, "Give me the fucking keys of fucking cocker." And then it was like, I don't understand you, Benicio Del Toro. Please say that correctly. Oh, what's that? Fart a whole bunch? Got it. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is Tombstone. Oh, it sure no, is. Sean, what do you want on your Tombstone now? Uh, <laughs> for this fucking movie to be over. It is. It is. Yay, Good I got you. my Tombstone wish, you guys. And now it is time for Bullet Points. Pew, pew. And our first bullet point is body count. Body counts. Patrick, what do you think the body count of this movie is? I'm going with a good, like, 50. That's good. That's that's, that's good. John, body count? I don't think it's that big because it all takes place in basically a small town. I'm going to say 17. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, by Price's Right rules, Patrick does win. Yes. uh, Because he didn't uh, go over. However, he's still a little short. Oh, yeah? 65 is the confirmed body count. That can't be true. There's a lot. To be fair, like in the montages, a lot of people get killed. Bite it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of just randos getting shot off. Screen <laughs> by stunt doubles hands. Right. This is the first time. Oh, you know what? We forgot when that planet blew up. It's twelve billion. I forgot. Twelve billion. Twelve billion. Well, no, when he shot the moon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he killed. Uh, he killed that guy who was in those Big Mac commercials where he was a moonhead. Yeah. You know, moonhead guy who sang those McDonald's commercials. Sure. So Mark is having a stroke. Let's continue on with <laughs> yeah. the There's podcast. There's a fucking it was Mac tonight. That was his name, Mac tonight. And he sang at a piano and he had a crescent moon head. And he went. Burr, 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 burr. So Mark is having a stroke. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Best kill. <laughs> John, best kill. Oh, it's definitely got to be uh, Opium Den Pipe Guy. Because <laughs> he goes through so many emotions, yeah. all of which are clouded by opium high. <laughs> yeah, it's, I can really use some more opium. Hey, there's my opium pipe. What's this in my mouth? Is that an opium pipe? Nope, it's a gun. I wish I had more opium. <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Patrick, best kill. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy at the OK Corral who uh, Doc Holliday first shoots in the air so that his horse jumps up and then Doc Holliday shoots him and his entire torso goes up <laughs> and shotgun blast squibs. Like his whole torso is opened up. 
That's a good kill. Oh, that's a good one. The the squib work and the okay crowd fight is pretty great. There's yeah. some really explosive blood plot, uh, <laughs> explosions going on there. It's really nice. I, I dig it. Uh, Mark, best kill. Mine is going to be during the first murder montage uh, at, that happens two hours into the movie. Um, when Doc Holliday... Uh, with the butt of his pistol just hits a dude in the fucking nose and his face explodes as he falls off a horse horse and just like shatters his spine and dies. He probably doesn't die right there, but it's the Old West. You know he's going to die very soon. Uh, Nobody nobody goes back for him, so he clearly (laughs) bleeds out. Yeah, right? And then like coyotes come and pick at him and then vultures come. Pick at him. Yeah, you know. And then like who knows what. Maybe some millipedes or scorpion or something. Pick at Cabra. Yeah, sentient cactus. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's sentient However the cacti. West works. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. A cactar, if you yeah. will. For yeah. all you Final Fantasy fans out there. 10,000 needles. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> moving on to our next bullet point. War crimes. <laughs> war crimes. Patrick, tell me about some war crimes. How you got like 900 bottles of laudanum? <laughs> like I know it was legal then, but damn. I mean, is that I mean, is that a war crime or just a crime? A crime. <laughs> I guess you can consider laudanum like it's extremely flammable. You might be able to consider it like maybe a chemical weapon. Nah, I guess man, that, Except- that stuff was being shipped out to like fund the Boxer Rebellion. <laughs> Except that, I mean, like, it was legal at the time, so she was probably just a regular at the five and dime. (laughs) Oh, what's that, Missy? You coming in for some of my dime ribbon candy? Oh, more laudanum. Yes, ma'am. Right away, (laughs) ma'am. Oh, hey, good to see you back again. What, would you like some soda pop? Maybe so. Oh, some more laudanum. Right away, Miss. That's the old uh, Walgreens laudanum and tackle shop (laughs) that they came from originally. Laudanum's exclamation (laughs) point. Now in drinking form. <laughs> <laughs> then fucking Walmart undercuts the price because they buy it wholesale and the whole town just goes to crap. Right, they start calling it wall on them. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> John, uh, war crimes. Yeah, definitely it's got to be the uh, extrajudicial murder rampage. <laughs> That not only does Wyatt Earp and his gang of immortals go on, yeah. uh, but also the fact that the entire cowboy gang is deputized it's at some point. point. Yep. Yeah, so Wyatt Earp and his gang get deputized by the marshals, but then the cowboy gang gets deputized by the sheriff. Yeah. So now there's they're all like legally <laughs> lawmen. Yeah, everybody's legal killing. At this point. <laughs> so weird. They're all cop killers. Yeah. All of them. They're all of that one Ice T album. <laughs> Except they are also all of Ice T and Law and Order. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Mark, war crimes. Uh, how about the fact that there's two montages in the movie and they don't show up for an hour and 45 minutes? <laughs> yeah, that is in the Geneva Convention. Your montages must begin no later than 45 minutes into the film. Right. A good, a good montage is meant to be like a, a training or a build-up of some kind. Not a like, we ran out of film stock and the movie's almost over. We have like two, <laughs> we have 20 pages of script left. What do we do? This was going to be like Das Boot where it's a miniseries that we release as a film. Yeah. yeah. Oops, we ran out of money. <laughs> um, yeah, it's all—it's kind of hard to give it a war crime judgment since it takes place pre 
uh, Geneva Conventions and everything uh, pre like war like what? Sure, but there's still crime. Tons. Yeah, but they're not war crime. No, I guess you're right. Yeah. Uh, rewind your podcast and tape over that yeah. part because it's useless. All right, guys. Best, best weapon. <laughs> best weapon it it's, is. It's Wyatt Earp's long gun. Yeah, right? Everyone well, knows that. It's, it's the long gun, the smoke wagon, and the street howitzer. <laughs> <laughs> smoke wagon is not only the name of the porn I'm going to make. Uh, uh, about the people who paint with their dicks. It's also the name of my hot dog shop. Oh, man. Smoke Wagon is the name of my funk band. <laughs> Ow! Oh, Smoke Wagon. That's good. I like that. Mm, there's 50 guys. They're all wearing Cuban heels. I think I'm going to use unskin as a way of just saying to open things. <laughs> hey, honey, is it okay if I unskin this box of Cheerios, or do we have one that's already been unskunned? <laughs> Can Yo, you man, unskin the fridge and grab me a beer? <laughs> Yo, man, unskin that door for me. I gotta get through here. <laughs> Sorry, we're not unskinned right now. <laughs> Come back in ten minutes where I get the bar ready. <laughs> All right, and that takes us to our final bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? John, is this an action movie? <laughs> Absolutely not. It is clearly it's it's my dinner at Andre or uh, my dinner with Andre interspersed with like fucking gun smoke B roll <laughs> and Val Kilmer just talking crazy to no one. Uh, Patrick, is this an action movie? Unfortunately, not. No. <laughs> and Patrick, this was all your fault. We were ready to watch Death Race twenty fifty, <laughs> and I ruined everything. <laughs> Malcolm McDowell has a line that says, Oh, and the hair? I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> but instead, we watched goddamn Gunsmoke Extended Edition. Uh, now with more talking. The one thing you can't complain about this movie for is not having enough good one-liners, though. But it's constructed entirely. It is the oops all one-liners. <laughs> I don't know. I think there were a couple crunch berries thrown yeah, in. No. I feel like I saw. Yeah, now every berries. line of dialogue did say parentheses. Zing. <laughs> <laughs> dot uh, dot dot brackets. That'll show them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mark, is this an action movie? Nah. nah. Uh, it's Bonanza Two, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. It was really rough. I mean, here's the thing. Like. Opens with an action scene, great. And then there's like an hour of just interminable, like, Western mythologizing. <laughs> uh, and again, Val Kilmer just doing what he does best, which is the worst. <laughs> Chewing the scenery. Yeah, but. Yeah, he's the best at what he does, and what he does is pretty bad. Yeah, he's definitely trying to out Brando Brando, like he does in Island Dr. Moreau. But Brando's not in this movie. <laughs> so he's trying to he's out prepping. Yeah, he's out Brandoing Kurt Russell, who's just angry. <laughs> well, Kurt Russell clearly showed up with a consummate professional with a job to do. Yeah. Uh, Val Kilmer clearly showed up and said, uh, soul patch and pale makeup, please. Squirt me a couple of times so I look like I'm always sweating. Okay, uh, here's a monologue from Streetcar Named Desire <laughs> that I think you're really gonna like. Milk of Paradise! <laughs> Alright, final judgments, final reviews of Tombstone. Patrick? That is just... The slapping the shit out of Billy Bob Thornton is just so goddamn cathartic. I still love this movie. John, 
I give it frozen pizza, half pepperoni, half poison. <laughs> that's Mar- a red baron right there, sir. <laughs> oh, that's not delivery. That's garbage. Mark, final review of Tombstone. Uh, I would just like to write it a tombstone. I just want to put a big metal rock in the ground and put this movie in the A metal rock, he says. <laughs> a metal a rock. Metal rock. One of them rocks made of metal. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, gold comes in rock form, bro. In your face. It comes in nuggets. Make nuggets if you're nasty. <laughs> I, I think technically you call it ore when it's a rock metal. <laughs> or you're stupid and I win. <laughs> Uh, I mean, maybe I've just played too much StarCraft. Yeah, sorry guys, but Gunsmoke the Squeakwell didn't do it for me. <laughs> sorry. I will say this. I actually did enjoy the movie, but uh, it, it is literally just quip, 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 quip. Guy gets shot. Quip, 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 yeah. quip, 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 quip. Well, that's quip. the thing. The first like half hour is great. The last ten minutes is golden. And everything in the middle is just like, well, movies have to be a certain length, right? <laughs> Let's do that plus 30 minutes. Well, here's the thing that you also need to keep in mind, though, is at the same time, <laughs> Kevin Costner was making an equally boring movie that is literally like four and a half hours long called Wyatt Earp. About oh, Wyatt Earp. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about the dueling Wyatt Earp movie. Yeah, it Dennis was... Quaid plays Doc Holliday That's in right. that movie, and that movie, my friends, is fucking garbage. <laughs> it's like the deep impact Armageddon yeah, of yeah, its day. Of Wyatt wow. Earps, yeah. Wow. And this is way better than that one. Whoa, man. Well, I'm glad we didn't watch Wyatt Earp. Let's watch Wyatt Earp. No, let's not. Let's not. Come let's on, not watch that or Dances with Wolves. <laughs> Oh, but dude, he dances with so many wolves. Ooh. They do the foxtrot. They, <laughs> they do the cha-cha slide. They do a slow and tender waltz. That movie is just one long really being uncomfortable about being. <laughs> yeah. How we view natives in the Oh, 90s. what's that, Native Americans? Well, a white guy can do better without even trying. Yeah, without anything. Oh, boy. Oh, yep, boy. Deeply uncomfortable. He's like the best Indian. <laughs> <laughs> The best little Indian in the cupboard. I'm Mark Rosenthal. (laughs) I'm Patrick Bromley. My name has been redacted from this podcast. (laughs) And this has been the Body Counts and Beer. Thank you very much and good time. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick, Turkey Creek Jack Johnson, Bromley, John, Mayor John Cloma Rooney, and Mark, Pony Deal Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, anywhere fine podcasts are caught and then released right into your ear holes. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.